Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. Jen and Jer are here with Mike and I, and to get things started off, we're on a family theme this week, and to start off, we're going to have some fun. We're going to do this or that, okay? So here we go. Here's the first one. Oh, where's my notes? This or that. When it comes to family, games or movie night? Movie. Games. 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 Uh, yeah, sort of. Yeah, I'm ambivalent because I'd rather do movies, but my family wants to do games, so I would be all by myself. Here's the next one. Disney or Netflix. Disney? Going to Disney or just? No, watching, watching. Netflix. Netflix? I had that kind of like Disney because I can watch the little shorts, the yeah, little Pixar shorts. Okay, road trip or fly? Road trip. I love a road trip. Yeah. Really? Oh, I just want to fly somewhere so yeah, me bad too. right yes. now. Notice it's the moms yeah. because it's like we know what it's like with the all the noise in we the We just back. send you with the children on the plane. That's and then exactly what trip. happens. Yep, that's exactly what we do. Okay, when it comes to vacation, activities or relaxing? Yes. Oh. <laughs> I agree. Both day on, day off. Yeah. Relax, work hard. Okay. Adventure, relax. If I had to do either, activities okay. for sure. I yeah. like I like the relaxing. I grew up in a family that was all activities. Relax. Pets or no pets? Oh, I want. Yeah, we want a, I want a dog. Okay. My children do too. Acreage, pets, yes. Okay. No acreage, no pets. <laughs> I like pets, but I have a spouse who unfortunately hates them. Yes, I, feel I like you. them if there's somebody else's, because I know who will clean it up. Dine in or take out. Dine in. Okay. Unless it's nice outside, then definitely take out. Yeah, Dine in. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Dine take in. out. Take out with a picnic. I yes. like that. That's good too. Okay. Favorite thing to do on a night off? Like as your family. What's your favorite thing to do? Like as if when it's, you know, we just got nothing planned. Like as a family or I as think, an individual? As a family? Yeah. Or I don't know. As a family. As, or as like with friends and. As a family. Yeah. Favorite thing to do on a night off? I well, wouldn't. Eat, yeah. a me- eat a meal. And I like going for a walk. Yes, the walk thing is fine. Okay, how about you guys? Bike ride. Oh, I love doing bike rides. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, going for a bike ride is the best. Yes, we need to get a little bike seat for Gray. That's our grandson, if you don't know who Gray is. Oh, that'll be fun. He's so cute. Okay, biggest family disaster camping, short version. (laughs) I'm going to try really short, basically... (laughs) We have, and I feel like Brett and Trina can uh, can feel this feeling of like borrowing somebody else's, you know, motorhome. Like my parents, my dad is amazing; he can fix anything. However, I cannot fix anything, and Jared doesn't really either. Well. And so, things that are taped together, strapped together seven times, shake it this many times, <laughs> wiggle, dance, and then it'll work. I just. I'm like, I don't know the dance. And so, yeah, just taking their motor home and then it rained on us. And yeah, so it was like a one night camp trip where you do so much packing, bikes, paddle boards, kayaks, like, and then you have one hour of sun and then it was raining. And so it was like, yeah, I mean, that wasn't ideal. Wasn't fun. Make memories though, you know. Good memories. Shoe swaps. Yes. Yes, we took a van and a tent. 
Yep. And it rained. Um, for at least a week. I think it was longer. Uh, we were there, I think, for 10 days. Yeah. And I think it, or we were there 14 days and it rained for 10 of the 14 days. Yeah. And that helped make up our mind about camping as a family. From then, and then the next year, we just decided we're going somewhere where it doesn't rain. It was, and we did. We went to the desert. All right, well, we did. It was just like we're going to the desert, and we stayed in the desert for like 10 years when it came to holidays. This is like it never rains here. This is wonderful. All right, family. Family matters. This is our conversation. What comes to mind when we talk about family? I mean, there's all sorts of different pictures. What comes to mind? What comes to mind when you think of family? Lots of things come to mind. Joy, frustration. Yeah. Like crying. Crying. <laughs> That's me, what usually. About, yeah. What about you guys? What comes to mind when you think of family? Oh, definitely high highs and, and low lows. Yeah. So you're just like, this is the greatest time of all yeah. when, when it's all like, they're all out of diapers. Yeah. And then you're just like, we didn't have to bring a diaper bag with us. This is like the great, like, that's a celebration. It is a celebration. Um, or, but, but then there's just like, it's like the constant drip of whining when you know people so well and you live with people. It is, and I'm so guilty of it too. And we're yeah. just like, everybody stop whining. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's part of family. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I would say food, yeah. long tables, like yes. the I mothers like I love because they would yes. put table to table to table yes. so that we can all sit together yes. and lots of delicious food, good times together. And yeah, you just feel like we can just enjoy this time. There wasn't, yeah, major things to do. And feeling loved. I think unconditional love. I always felt like that with family. Yeah. I would try and go wherever there was my family gathering. Even if my personal, like mom and dad weren't coming, I would get there because I just loved being That's with awesome. my cousins and my yeah. grandma and, and my aunts and uncles. Yeah. I love family. That is yeah. so great. I think mine would be, I had great family, but I also had family that I didn't see a lot just because of location. I came from a family where we were in different countries. We were in different states for most of my life, different, you know, different places. So I think family means a different thing. Some people it's pain. Some people right. it's heartbreak. Some people it's um, disappointment. I think too, like family can, I think because family is your, your, some of your closest human bodies around you, not necessarily your closest in affinity, but your closest, you tend to do, you know, close proximity with them. And it, the people, the closer you get, the more opportunity for disappointment, I think, because yeah. some of it. Yeah. And, um, you know, this in this series on family for this week and next, it's gonna. I don't know if we'll be by the campfire next week. It is hot up here. It's very warm. It does feel nice, um, but we'll have a different setting. I don't know what we'll do next week. But over these next couple of weeks, you know, I and even if you're one of those who is just like, ah, I'm single. I'm, you know, my family. Um, I don't have family. I don't want to talk about family. I hate the subject. You know, I'm gonna just keep tuning in, just because we're talking about stuff that family stuff that matters no matter your family status, right. no matter your relationship status. In fact, that's kind of our goal through this, this week and even next is to bring a different picture of family than what you might understand family or even what your experience, whether good or not great, has been. And because that's actually part of the message of the good news that Jesus came bringing was this message that God was 
healing and restoring things. And, and that one of the things is that he came bringing was a new picture of family. That even in a culture, like the Jewish culture was big on family. Like they are known for like really amazing family. And that was a culture Jesus came in, what he was, he was a culture he was part of, but he came bringing a message that shook up their ideas, the Jewish culture, the people he was, it shook up their ideas of family. And, and, um, and that's where, what it's so cool. It's the power of, of the gospel is this transforming power. It's like a good virus that heals. And it gets into culture and it changes us. And even when we begin to follow Jesus, it's part of the thing is we're supposed to be, we're embracing this new culture, this virus in a good way, that it changes us and it changes our families, even from how good they are to maybe even better. And... Um, and so Jesus doesn't come just bringing this formula. And I think that's maybe where the church has kind of gotten it wrong. Like we've got this idea, like just follow these things with your kids. Just do this yeah. thing as a couple. And, you know, the church is really in the, de like, and for a lot, of, a lot of years has actually communicated some actually not even biblical pictures of family, right. unfortunately. And we're not going to pack all of those. Yeah. But... It's where there's this, there's this new picture of family that God wants to bring. And, and so Jesus, he, he doesn't offer a formula because he said some pretty weird things. I got some verse. Jen, did you have a verse? You want to, one of the weird verses Jesus read about, about family? Okay, that's fine. I didn't know if you did. I've got some. Okay. Listen to this. He, Jesus says some pretty weird things about culture. Matthew. Listen to this. Matthew, what am I, like 10, I think, 34 to 37. He said, don't think I've come to make life cozy. I've come to cut, oh, this is crazy. I've come to make a sharp knife cut between son and father, daughter and mother, bride and mother-in-law, cut through these cozy domestic arrangements and free you for God. Well-meaning family members can be your worst enemies. If you prefer father or mother over me, you don't deserve me. If you prefer son or daughter over me, you don't deserve me. That's crazy. Like, you know, Jesus, he would have not made Focus on the Family's magazine. That's for sure. He would have been like, get out of here, Jesus. Here's another one. I'm just going to read another one because these are pretty intense. Um, Mark, uh, let's, let's do this one. Luke 14, 26-ish. I'm reading out of the message version. He said, one day when large groups of people there were walking along with him, Jesus turned and told them, anyone who comes to me but refuses to let go of father, mother, spouse, children, brothers, yes, even one's own self can't be my disciple. And in one version it says, anyone who comes to me but doesn't hate his father and mother and brothers and sisters. I mean, Jesus was always kind of breaking these mold of what, what family was. And I think the reason he did this was he was shaking things up. Like what was going on is God was getting ready to greatly expand the family about what he was getting ready to bring in some really weird family members. In fact, family members that the Jewish people hated. They were called Gentiles. They were called, you know, the riffraff, the lowest of society, you know? And so, so God was, he needed to shake up their idea of family. So this is what we're going to jump in and talk about. So what is God's idea of family? Is there, and actually, is there a picture of family that is transferable no matter your relationship status? Because I think, you know, sometimes in the church world, there's this perception of, 
the goal is marriage and kids and family. Like that's the goal of what it means to be a Christian. And that's actually not what the goal is. So what does family look like? No matter your relationship status. So here's the first question. So we're going to talk about culture's picture of family versus God's picture or the biblical picture of family. They're very different. We're going to look at the contrast. So here's the first contrast. Culture's idea of family is family is biology. But the biblical picture or God's picture family is family is chosen. Right. What does it mean? What do, we, what do we mean when we talk about family is chosen? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, it's, I think it's super powerful. Even what you said, it's like God wanted to actually expand this idea of family from, yeah. you know, us four and no more to actually be this, this inclusive, like we are actually gathering God's kids. So this is not just, you know, even just the idea of me and Jesus or me and my, you know, nuclear family, but it's actually meant to be his kingdom. Like family was meant to represent what heaven is meant to be. And that is where everyone is, is, is in the same the same playing field as far as like standard or how acceptable yeah. you are or how good you right. are or how loved you are yeah. that there is no status on the planet that actually yeah. defines whether you make the cut or not right. and and um this scripture is powerful it says in galatians 4 it says that god sent his son to redeem those under the law so under this rule of you know this is you're good here you're bad here right. you're good here right. and he yeah. said that we might receive adoption to sonship and that is no longer a slave but God's child so and that that sonship was meant to encompass you know that's women that's men that's everyone in the culture the reason he says sonship is because you know women were considered you know property or or very low in status and same with like you said the gentiles and and so the idea was is that okay we are actually going to because now we actually have the same dad we have abba father we have daddy we are all saying dad to the same person so therefore we have a transcendent dna and that dna is the holy spirit and so with the holy spirit that means all of us each one of us get to be in this family it breaks down the walls and says we are God's family. And that is a chosen as opposed to biology. That's not blood. That's, that goes deeper than blood. It's our spirit. Yeah. Yeah, Which I just think that's so powerful. And God says it many times in the Bible. You're adopted as mine. You are now an heir of my inheritance. That means you've got to be a son. You have to be my child. I mean, if you're going to get an inheritance. Yeah. I I noticed, um, like we were kind of discussing things beforehand and, um, like the picture I got is like, you know, in our culture as humanity, we had set things up where it was just like, there's these clear lines. It's right. like, yeah. this is this race and this is this status group. And, and like, it was very compartmentalized yeah. culture and history, yes. history. Yeah. It was just blocked off. And then Jesus, even through those scriptures, yeah. he came and he just blurred the lines <laughs> between race and gender and yeah. anything that was going on, he's like, I'm going to color outside the lines. This is going to yeah. mess your brains up, yeah. and, but it's going to be beautiful. Right. And w- what other place brings all sorts of people from every single background yeah. together yeah. and can actually cause them to function together? Well, it's the church, yeah. and it's by his spirit. And when, when we actually 
live surrendered to him, we actually get to join that family as well. So that's the cool thing. I know when you talk about adoption, I know like in, in Jen's, on Jen's side of the family, there's, there's two biological children, um, but there's also a third, um, daughter who's, we, we, she is family, she's family. Um, her and her husband have been part of our family for their, for, for as long as I've been in a a part of the family as well. And um, they are family. Are they blood? No, but they're family. And because we have a kingdom mindset now that says, you know, family isn't just about blood. Family is about who needs a place to belong. And there's a space in, you know, your parents' hearts to be able to help this person who was going through a difficult time belong. And now they're such a beautiful family. They are family. I don't think of them as like, oh, they're sort of family. No. If you guys are listening, you guys are family. (laughs) I think that's such good news because it's easy. I think, you know, when we, our families are broken or when we are alone or we're in a place where maybe we're single, it's like family is something we choose. It's, you know, I can choose. What are some ways, practical ways of how do we, what does this look like to be chosen or that we choose family? Like whether in your family or how do you choose family, honey? Well, I think there's like kind of referring back to that last question too. It's the uh, there's al- we've almost made an idol of the traditional family yes. in in our yeah. in the church world yes. that it's almost it's almost like well if I don't have this certain family then I can't be a complete Christian or I'm not a family or I'm, and yeah. and it's actually not the the you actually find very little in the New Testament about family. And Jesus didn't actually talk that much about family either. And, you know, we find a couple instances where where his actual natural family shows up on the scene to talk to him. And Jesus just says, well, my mother and brother and sisters are the ones who do the will of God. Like he just kind of, he, they kind of tried to play a family trump card and Jesus just kind of threw the deck away and said, that's not what my family is. My family is people who, who follow the will of the father. And I think that, that, how do we choose family? I think that's, I think the, the starting place is, is that we have to look to our heavenly father to say, it's your will I'm going to do. And then as we find others that have made that same commitment, well, then that's, you say, choose family. Well, that's, yeah. that's actually your chosen family. Yeah. And that's who we unite together with. And over the years now, we've been, we've been pastoring, coming this 29 years in yep. right now. Yeah. May 14th oh, yeah. was the... We passed the We passed the 29th birthday. birthday. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> <laughs> when was the 19th? Yeah, it's, that's right. It was. That's right. And uh, oh we like 29 years and you know we've we've known some people in this room for all 29 years of that journey and or almost that entire journey and they're they're as much family as as natural family that that it because it's not just we chose it's but it's it's actually we were chosen to do this together and to live life together well, and I think of that whole thing about choosing, it's not only choosing the people, like I want my family, or extending that family to others, but I think it's, even when we are in family, we need to choose to be present. I think that's part of choosing too, and like in in family, it's, you know, we're choosing to be present, choosing to be present to our kids, or choosing to be present to each other, like, you know, one of the things that we do for family night is when we do our, our supper together as family, it's just like, phones are off, you can't pull your phone out, no, you can't show me that cool thing you saw this week. It's like everybody has this thing. It's like, put your phones. And I think that's actually a really 
powerful way of it, just practical. Like, how do we choose to be, you know, this, this biblical idea of being chosen while well, I'm choosing to show up at the table? Do you guys have any other examples? Do you guys, how you do yeah. that with your well, kids? Well, or? for us, uh, just intentionality is like yeah, the key word, really, yeah. really, I think, for, for any, any person anywhere. You know, we can always be the fence gazers who's looking over the yeah. fence being like, I wish I could yeah. have, yeah. or yeah. I wish I had, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but for, it's like, what do you have in your hands right now, and how can you, how can you be of use yeah. uh, to somebody else or another people group or whatever it might look like? I know for us, um, it was unco- it's been uncomfortable, but it's just kind of been a part of our lives, just having people live, live with us or just bringing them in. And, um, yeah, I remember a time where, where we were in a very small townhouse, and we had someone, we had Jordan, uh, Giles, living on our couch. He like he you walked in the door and it's like there's his the couch with his bed. He had to f- and then we had Mika, our now sister-in-law, yeah. living uh, up in one of the bedrooms and one of the kids was like staying in the hallway and one lived in the closet. <laughs> but it wasn't like and let me tell you, I'm just gonna admit I, I'm gonna admit to everybody I lost my crap many times. I'm just gonna be honest. Yeah. But with that said, with that said. I wasn't at, mad at them. I was just like, oh, how can this be? This is insane. I actually had a memory pillow and I busted a fan. That I was so angry. I'm just confessions of a pastor. Um, but, but let me tell you, it's, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't about just like, it, it's like they, need a, they needed a place. And they need, they, like there was, like it, we had to be intentional. And intentionality is like, it's a slope like this. Like if you're traveling on a road, or if you go biking sometimes and the wind's at your back and it's just, on a flat road even you're like oh this is so nice but intentionality is the uphill where you're going against the wind everyone knows that feeling it's horrible sometimes but when you're intentional and you put the work in man it is well well worth it so who do you have in your life that you can that you can be a part of or you can bring in so I agree, and I really feel like as as God's family, there's there's something where I mean, because we're all now siblings. Once we say yes yeah. to Jesus, you don't get to choose your siblings. Like, right. in fact, they're right. quite annoying sometimes. Yeah. And but you learn a lot from yeah. the annoying right. ones or the ones right. that I mean, you want to get rid of them. I mean, my kids, oh, they've been together a lot in the last year and a half. Homeschooling, <laughs> yeah. they are true siblings, and it's like. They want to get rid of each other at different times. Like, can we just send this one away? And it's like, well, no, they're here to teach you. And they're actually meant to be part of your family that you have to eventually say, okay, we're choosing to be in this together and we're choosing to do life together. And I think as parents or as, as people just doing life in community, like our church community, even having a space at your table, obviously I know COVID has made it interesting, but having a place where it's like, you know what, you're part of this family and, and we are going to do life together. You're, you belong here because we are, we're now family. So Let's let's get on with figuring out how we can reflect Christ, you know, and and choosing one another. Yeah, I, I love that. And this this kind of flows into the next cultural versus biblical or God's idea. Culture's idea, more so Western culture, I would say, is this idea of independence. 
and, and even in families, it's like parents, we kind of have this goal. We want our kids to grow up and be independent. Right. You know, that's kind of the goal, but it's actually, that's not biblical. God's picture family is this interdependent thing. So independence versus God's idea being interdependent. So what does that mean? What is that? How well, do you think that looks like? It's interesting you'd say that because I think of even the Western value of, of and, and I definitely grew up thinking this, is that your goal is to, you know, raise kids. And then when they are 18, it's like, bye-bye. And it's like it's almost like that's the gauge of how successful you are as as a parent yeah. is whether or not your kids don't need you don't anymore or and and I think now now that we have adult children and I think that was maybe the worst model it's in true. my mind uh, yeah. that I possibly I taught them not to need me yeah. or it's I taught them that I taught them not to need each other. Yeah. And I think that, and especially in now that we're becoming more of a multicultural world and, or more aware of it, you see that the, the families, there's, you see these other cultures yeah. that have family so that lives powerful. together for yeah. a long time, but it, not only does it help them, like there's just a wholeness in those families, yeah. like grandparents, parents, yeah. uh, grandparents, parents, children, and Grand grandchildren, they're all under, they're all kind of together all the time. Yeah. And, and the, you see the, you see the, I, I, the best word for it is just, you see the relational function that works yeah. in them. They're just relationally yeah. better at life than yeah. us North Americans are. And you see, and also from a practical standpoint, a lot of them end up owning houses and land and property yes. because they do it as a team. Yeah. Like they, 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 you know, that we're going to live in one home together. Yeah, 16 of us, we're going to live in one home until that home is paid for. Then we're going to buy another home. And it's, it's like they just, they see that as we work together, we get ahead. And I think yeah. even in the church world, yeah. like when we see, when we work together, we get ahead. Yeah. When, like as that. opposed to just all of us doing our own doing thing. our own thing yes. and yeah. and just yeah. like, well, I hope you do well. It's like, no, it's taking responsibility for yeah. each other to make sure we do well. Yeah. What are some ways that we see that independence, whether in the ind independence in our culture or how that kind of shows up in our families? Or oh, like how many lawnmowers does a, does a city block need to own? Yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a great so really? Yeah. It's true. How many drills do you need yes. to own? Like, yeah. you could just yeah. pick all the items down there. Yeah. It's like, we could probably share those yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. We probably could. We yeah. see that happening there. Yeah. It's just that's yeah. that's kind of yeah. crazy. And we, we see the effects of it as well. It's like it's true. Like I remember growing up and like when you'd watch like the wonderful world of Disney, yes. we'd all gather together and yeah. watch it. Now you got Disney Plus and it's like right. you can all be in the same room on different devices yeah. watching, watching different Disney. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's independence that yeah. probably isn't totally no. healthy yeah. in yeah. the big picture. I would agree. Yeah, and just even I think sometimes we're so fractured in terms of even the schedule during the week. Yeah. It's like, you go to this activity, you go to that activity, I do this activity, you go there, and we're just kind of like, you know, we become, the as parents, you become the taxi agent dropping the kids off, and then you go do your thing versus, you know, what are we doing together as a family? And so where does this, it's like, how does that independence, I mean, we talked a little bit, are there other ways you can think about how that works against God's family, like when we're thinking independence any other thoughts on that? Well, just like just like you said, I feel like if we're if we become this uh, focused on I'm a self-made woman or I'm a right. self-made man, I can I can do it on my own. I feel like that's the greatest honor in our culture. Like yeah. it's very much the celebrated fact is that yeah. 
you got here by yourself. Yes. You know, it's right. like, look I, you, you look at what you did, you know, yeah. you paid your own way through school yeah. and, and you were able to build all this stuff for, for yourself and by yourself. Yeah. But that's never true. No. Like it's, it's actually impossible to do it all by yourself. Like yeah. who made your meal, who made your, you know, yeah. like who drove you there or bought you that, or, you know, there's, there's always people along the way. And I think, I think the, the more often that we can look around and say, you know, like, how can I actually reach out to someone? And then also, how can I rely on someone else? Like you had some great questions. Yeah, I just had a few questions that I'd written down when we were thinking about this. And these are more like not to be answered, but just like thought provoking for me. When was the last time that you made a decision with someone else in mind? Like when you actually are like, hey, I'm going to make this decision. I'm going to purchase this thing or move here or do this or do that with somebody else in mind. Not just like a family member, but like how is this going to affect others? Um, A couple other ones I had is when was the last time that you asked someone for help or to borrow something? I grew up in a farming community and we really helped each other out. But it's moving into town. It's hard. Like you got that fence there and people are like, oh, no. Some people are like, don't cross my line. It's like, that's weird to me. But when was the last time it's like you just, inst- you're like, oh, it's, I'd rather just go buy that thing and do it right. myself right. Opposed, to, yeah. opposed to just like phone or text somebody and say, yeah. hey, could I borrow that fill in the blank? Yeah. Had someone borrow my ladder yesterday. It made me feel good. And we borrowed these chairs. Yeah, made me feel good. It made me feel good. A rototiller. A rototiller. How many many rototillers are actually needed on the planet for something you use like 45 minutes a year? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And then the last one I had is this: What do you have that you can share, offer, or bless someone with? And Mm -hmm. I'm not just talking about possession, but a skill, knowledge, time, uh, resource that kind of thing. Those are just things like begin to think that way. And um, I, I love that. I, love it I think too, it's because cool. it is a powerful picture yeah. of family because we rely on each other. We yeah. need each other. And, you know, and I think of all the things, even in just this space we're in right now with, you know, the way life is currently, that we really have to be mindful of that we're intentional in our thinking, that we don't let the, that isolation, separation, that become a part of us in our thinking. What about, what about interdependence? When we talk about that, what does that look like? What would be the benefit of that? Well, I just watched The Lost Reef with my children because I said I'm homeschooling. Yeah. So it was, you know, a, about the great reefs of the world and it was amazing and they talk about symbiotic relationships and I just thought that's interdependence the idea that you know it's like I I help you with this and and you help me with this it's it's like this it's like this cycle this this beautiful rhythm where pride doesn't get in the way because I feel like that's a big part of independence is it's like if I ask someone for help then I'm not capable then I'm less than and then I have nothing to be confident in. Right. And, and so I think being confident in the fact that I actually utilized someone else. I mean, I feel like any good manager knows this well. If you can yeah. utilize any good leader yeah. knows this well, it's like, man, you have that gift awesome. Let's actually see you grow in it. And, and that's in a family as well. I feel like we all have different gifts and it's like, let's celebrate those gifts as opposed to, and, and actually use them to make us stronger. Even when we got married, I, I felt like, you know, one of the reasons that Jeremy was the best choice for me, even though I dated quite a bit, I was like, you know what? He actually is someone who builds 
he's a complete person and I'm a complete person. And yet we're able to, to really bring so much out of each other as a partnership and be so much stronger together because we were, we decided that, well, one, we're both so different and two, we chose to celebrate each other. And so it's powerful. And it was my rugged good looks too. Yes. You, you didn't a have a beard at that babe. time. But <laughs> you were a smoke hot babe. That's why. So. Yes. I think of, this tent. I think was, the tent. Yeah, this is what we got for our wedding. This tent. Were there children conceived in that tent? No. Okay. Just no. wondering. No. <laughs> wow, that got real real quick. <laughs> well, no, we think, waited. Well, we'll move right on. That wasn't, I didn't even think about that, but that subject is going into the next part about interdependence is, is I think of intimacy, but I think of intimacy not as our culture. Has, has painted this picture of intimacy. I think intimacy, you know, in culture, I think through media, I think through, you know, Hollywood, all of this, it's this idea of intimacy equals romance or sex or a combination of the both. And that's actually not what intimacy is, which, you know, as a single, if, I, if I'm single, what is, do I just have to, you know, be content to have this weird form of intimacy until I have this goal of getting married? And I think that's so not what God's picture of, of following Christ is like. The goal of life isn't to, you know, say yes to Jesus and then get married and have kids someday. Like the goal of life is to follow Jesus. And I think this idea of intimacy is it's, it's being seen, being known, and being accepted completely by another person. And you know, and we can have that in relationships that aren't sexual. We can have that in we in fact that's you know, God's idea is that we find this intimacy in Him first, where we get completely filled because He sees us, He knows us, He you know, he embraces us, he accepts us. And then we, it's like, I think you said, Jen, about being two whole people coming into the relationship. Like, I think that's where we can never experience intimacy with another human being unless we've been, unless we've experienced that intimacy with God first, because then we can bring that into the relationship. And interdependency is about what am I, what am I bringing to this relationship, not just what am I getting out of this? And I think that's kind of where we've got this messed up idea about intimacy. I actually think we set ourselves up for disappointment in marriage when we expect our, our partner to be to meet our needs for intimacy. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think that... M meet our needs com or meet our needs... Needs completely. Completely, okay. Yeah, and even, in, even slightly in certain areas. Yeah. It's, it's like true. there's like... I just, I just look over the years. It's like you have your friends that you go do your arts things with or you go to yeah. the fringe... Okay. It's like, I don't, or talk to for hours. long, yeah, or, Thank and I, and I think, you know, that's an intimacy. <laughs> I know some, some couples, they do everything together, but we're not that couple. No. And, and it's, I'm glad you actually understand that like one person can't meet all your needs for intimacy. No, I'm glad I don't have to go hunting. <laughs> or fishing. Or camping. I don't mind sitting in the boat if it's warm. You guys are the couple that would actually rent two cars on holidays, and yes. one would go yes. golf and one would yes. go shop. Thank you for bringing that up. I, I loved. I was yet. like, okay, that's different. But you that's know what? Different. They make it work, and they love each other. <laughs> that's why. And we if you're a golfer, guys, you understand. You don't want to be at the mercy of. I'm shopping. She's shopping with and the you, children, and you can't get to the golf course because. <laughs> but. With all that Sorry. said, yeah. we, this isn't personal testimony time. The, uh, 
I think there's just something, I think we underestimate the power of intimate connections with the church, like with each other. Yes. We, we, yeah. just, we need each other, and there's no one relationship or setting that's going to meet all of those yeah. needs. And we need to be willing to go there with each other. Right. Like that takes yeah. that intimacy, yeah. takes a vulnerability. Yeah. It goes beyond just how was your day. It's like, how are you? How is it really? And being willing to go there and not just, oh, we're good. You know, it's like, no, it sucks right now. I hate my life. <laughs> Everything about it. I'm trying to be happy. You know, but I think it's, and I think that's the beauty of church. It's, it's, and I think that's where it comes to that intentionality of being willing to go there. Let's talk about this last one. Culture is often family is a reflection of me. In other words, I want family to look at how good they are, look at what I've done. They reflect me, they reflect my values. But Bible, and the, God's picture of family, is that family is a reflection of him. Let's talk about that. So what kind of, so when we think of it, what kind of burden or challenges, you know, does that idea of family is a reflection of me, what does that, what kind of burden does that put on family or put on relationships? Well, that's just yeah. heavy because yeah. there's times where it's like, I'm winning. Look at them. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is going yes, well. And I then it's like, shh, 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 don't say that. Don't hit her. Don't, you know, like there's, <laughs> there's so much that I would be so yeah. embarrassed if that was my, my whole worth or my, yeah. like if people were looking at me and saying, yeah. oh, yeah. however your family's doing, that's how well you're doing. Yes. And I think as a, yeah. at least as a mom, especially yeah. a mom who stays at home, yep. I yep. feel like very in charge of like the way they turn out, like yes. how are they going to turn out? Yes. And I've been working with them for that first 18 years and then beyond, hopefully, you know, yeah. where it's yeah. like, what if they don't turn out? Yeah. Jesus. And so it's a lot of God make up the difference. Yeah. And, and like you say, it's like we have to get out of the way yeah. if we're going to reflect Christ. So it's like I can't put all my eggs in that basket because, yeah. again, that's just a pride issue yeah. where I have yeah, to, yeah, so give to Christ. Well, and identity issue. If your identity yeah. is in your children or your status or your fill in the blank, yeah. da, 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 right. it's yeah. just not going to work out. And, no. I mean, I would encourage any person – the, the crazy thing is that, like, with adoption, it's like it doesn't, adoption actually doesn't matter where you came from. Right. It's where are you. Right. And w the identity of the family that you get adopted into yes. is actually, it's like, well, what does God begin to say about you? So, I mean, if you're listening, if you're divorced or you're, you've never been married or you had a tragic something happen in a family relationship or yeah. whatever it might be. Right. It actually, I don't want to, I'm not, when I say it doesn't matter, I just right. want to say it doesn't matter. Like your past doesn't matter compared to the future that God has for you. Yeah. Right. And so, like, I think that's so powerful because, um, because we get adopted into a brand new family and get new, brand new identity. And I had just written here, it's like, no matter our past or our current circumstance, God is the reconciler. I love that. He is the redeemer. Yeah. He is the rebuilder. And he's the restorer. Yeah. He takes no matter what your past is, yeah. it doesn't have to determine your future. Yeah. And that's the cool right. thing about, right. about, about family and like yeah. the trajectory that we have in God's family. The second we say yes to Jesus, I know you're going to be leading us in a prayer right away, Jen. But the second we say yes to Jesus, it yeah. is so powerful because that identity, we are adopted into the family of God and boom, we are made right before God. And all the family benefits, we yes. get them. Yes. So.
Yeah. I think there's that. I think some of those burdens that we take on, I just think there's, there's something so liberating about that, that whole dynamic of adoption, that, that being adopted and even that freedom that brings, I think it brings that freedom from um, even things like pride, pride in being that, like, look at like what you said, Jen, it's like, look at how good my kids are. And I think that's where, when we're looking to, you know, our, our, how our family's doing and as a reflection of me and when, when they turn out great, it's woohoo. And then when they don't turn out great, it's like, oh, you know, you kind of want to, you want to hide. But I think that's where that freedom and that, that idea of, of, of being chosen and God, I know that, you know, they're your kids. And I remember saying this so many times, it's like, well, they're your kids before they were my kids. And I don't think that alleviates any of the burden that any parent feels, but there's that aspect. What about, what about this, our families being a reflection? How do I wear this? What do we mean by family is a reflection of God? That is that, is it just look like, does it mean they're perfect? Does it mean they all, nobody does anything bad? Everybody is, you know, obeys all the time. Is that what we mean when family's a reflection of God? I don't know. Got any thoughts on that? I, I think that we find, um, when it comes to the reflection of God, I think that that's where I think it, it's a matter of like priority in terms of our, in our relationship to God is that we don't add God to our family, but we actually add our family to the kingdom of God. Like and it's, it's the, I think that's really what the new Testament invitation is. It's not like family's not the pinnacle family is something that gets, gets, taken into this kingdom and it gets transformed as a result of it and then at that transfer the transformation as we begin to live you know the principles of the kingdom then it, that family begins to reflect the nature of God to the to those around him I love that that's yeah. so good so no matter your relationship status you can reflect the family of God yeah. when we choose to be live chosen, when we live to reflect God, when our relationships reflect God, when, what was the next one, when we live interdependent, like all of that is actually family. Jen, you've got an amazing story. Why don't you, why don't you go ahead and share it? You can yeah, close this uh, it's so powerful and it, and it really, it really um, speaks to that idea of we take down the lines of you versus me and we say we are family and um, it's actually about a gentleman his name was Ernest Gordon and he was a British soldier in World War II and um, at that time he was actually captured by the Japanese and those that were captured during that time period were sent to work on what they called the death railroad and that was a stretch of railroad that ran through uh, the valley by the Kauai River in Thailand and the reason they called it the death railroad is because it was said that for every five miles of railroad that was actually laid on the ground, one to 2,000 of these prisoners of war died. So these were horrific conditions, very driven by fear. You know, these men who were captured and when they initially came, um, you know, it's like they, they had this idea of, oh, let's, let's, you know, there's safety in numbers, so let's take care of each other. But as time went on, it really just turned into this jungle mentality of every man for himself, you know, like let the let the last man standing win and and no no sense of morality it just really was destroyed because of the horrific conditions and um and one day 
this all changed. Basically, um, they do tool checks to see and make sure that there was all the tools were accounted for. And, and, and this one afternoon, the commanding officer came and he said to this group of men, he said, there's one shovel missing. Who took the shovel? And basically, you know, everybody just kind of stepped back and he, and so the commanding officer pulled out his gun and said, I'm going to kill you all here on the spot if you don't tell me who took this shovel. And one man stepped forward and said, I took it. And the commanding officer put his gun away and he took a shovel and he beat this man to death. And, and as these men watch this happen, obviously they're used to this almost horrifying environment, so they carried on. And, and later on in the day, there was another tool check and it was found that there was no shovels missing. And so it was just a miscount. And it was that moment where the men who had witnessed what this, this one man sacrificed, this innocent man had sacrificed for their lives, the, the news of what he did spread like wildfire and it, and it changed this jungle-like, crazy, immoral space into a place of brotherly love. So it was one man's sacrifice that actually changed the course of this community. And they, they actually became a family. And, you know, I mean, that's one man's story and it's powerful. And we think of as followers of Jesus, we are the ones who follow that one man. That one man who gave sacrificially for each one of us. So that no matter what our, you know, current family status is, we are in his family. We are called because of his sacrificial love. We've been covered and, and we've been gathered and we've been said that you are my child. You are adopted into this family. I give you my DNA. I give you my inheritance that not only do you have to live in what, looks, what life looks like now, but I promise a forever with you that's going to be beautiful and all right. And you're going to actually reign with me. That's what, that's what the eldest son, the, the son did. He reigned with the father. He reigned over the land. He took care of the property. And that's what we get to do in the new kingdom reality that is to come. And so in these last just couple minutes together, I am going to lead us in a prayer. For those of you who have, who have maybe not yet said yes to following this man who wasn't just a man but he was God's son and because he was God's son and he came and he lived a perfect life and he died so that we could have forever life in him so that we could be adopted as his children into that forever family and so I'm just going to lead you in a prayer and as you're joining us online and maybe just a few of us in this room you can just repeat after me and we will just declare this together that we are family we are chosen and that we accept his forgiveness and his sonship that he's called us to so let's just pray together and you can repeat these words after me Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice, for your love for me that was so deep that you chose to die for me, for this family, for my family. Thank you for forgiving me for life forever with you. I want that life now to be one who follows you in all areas of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. 
We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.